A man's purpose is to roam the earth and fulfill his purpose. We've been feminized. Feminism has been running amok. And men need to realize that they've grown up in that environment. A lot of these boys grew up lost without alpha fathers, without leaders uh, in their lives. The thing you've got to understand as a man is we don't show up pretty. We have to build things. We have to achieve things. We have to do things. We have to go fight demons. You're a man living in the modern world in a time when men and manhood are not what they once were. You live life on your own terms. You're self-sufficient. You think for yourself and you march to the beat of your own drum. When life knocks you down, you get back up because in your gut, you know that's what men do. You're a badass and a warrior. And on the days when you forget, we are here to remind you who you really are. Welcome to Sovereign Man Podcast, where we aim to make men masculine again. I'm your man, Nikki Baloo. We have a very special guest today. Today's guest is Chris Voss, who is the host of The Chris Voss Show. This is a man who started multiple multi-million dollar companies. And um, this is a man who's built some success for himself. And as a man, one of the things you need to do in the world is you got to build success for yourself. You know, that's part of what makes a man a man. So that's why I asked Chris to join us. Welcome to the show, Chris. There you go. Thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. You bet. You bet. So, Chris, um, for the benefit of the men listening to this show, give us a brief rundown on your background and in particular your background in business and in, you know, creating a, you know, top one-tenth of one percent radio show. So, uh, that's a, that's a long story, but I'll give you the short version of it. <laughs> um, so I started my first company. I was 18 by accident. Um, and uh, uh, from there, I started a succession of companies with a business partner. Uh, we were business, we were friends for 22 years, business partners for 18. And uh, we built a lot of companies. This is back in the brick and mortar days. So this, was on the, this, was, this wasn't the easy days like now where you just... Hey, go to daddy 20 bucks and you got yourself a, a business. This is in brick and mortar. We had to invest. You had to buy your office. You had to buy all your furniture. You had to buy your secretaries and set everything up if, before you even could make a buck. Uh, and then sometimes you had to deal depending upon the business with the uh, government regulations. Uh, so we started our companies and uh, did really well on them uh, up until the 2008 housing crisis. Uh, one of our largest jewels was a mortgage company. So that crashed. And then after the 2008 thing debacle, uh, I reinvented myself, got to big on social media. I was one of the first, you know, real people to understand and, and adopt a social media, TikTok. And so I started consulting on that, speaking and, uh, and uh, pretty much from there, I've grown the podcast for 13 years now. We've had it just barely turned 13 years at the beginning of this month, uh, September 1st. And uh, we just... Uh, keep rock and rolling. I do what I love. Uh, we talk to leaders. We talk to uh, people who are successful, CEOs, things like that. And um, yeah, I'm not sure I know all the things on how to be successful as a man, but I think I might know some of them. <laughs> Look, number one is, you know, we tell men on the sovereign man show, there's just five pillars to sovereignty, right? Mm -hmm. So the first is financial sovereignty. So mm -hmm. you got to be able to pay your bills without asking mommy or daddy or, you know, big daddy government, big brother to help you out. Right. So that's mm -hmm. number one. Secondly, you got to be emotionally sovereign. 
I, you can't need somebody else in your life. I mean, there, there's men right now who, who need a woman as an example to, to feel whole. And that's ridiculous, right? Like as a man, if you're going to be sovereign, yeah. you can't do that. Um, you can want a woman, but needing a woman, that's just not good for you. Man doesn't need a woman. Yeah. So thirdly, we want you to be intellectually sovereign, right? So you got to think for yourself. You can't let other people tell you what to think. Mm-hmm. It's cool for you and I to disagree because, you know, that's what men do. You don't agree on everything. Otherwise, one of you would be unnecessary. But if or someone you, gets killed, usually there you go in caveman times. <laughs> if you if you if you are somebody who just parrots whatever other people tell you, what the government tells you in particular or the news media, that's messed up, right? Uh, you know, fourthly, um, in addition to to being uh, you know intellectually sovereign, emotionally sovereign, you got to be physically sovereign. So you got to have enough kind of health in you to be able to like move around and and do what you need to do on a day-to-day basis. So if you're, if you haven't taken care of yourself, you're not going to be physically sovereign. And then lastly, you need to be spiritually sovereign, man. You need to have some sort of relationship with, you know, why you're here, who your maker is and all that good stuff. And not just be listening to what someone else tells you that relationship might be. So those are the five pillars of sovereignty. First and foremost, yeah, they're pretty good, right? So one, one of the first ones, the one we're talking about here right now is being financially sovereign right like a man mm-hmm. who's not able to pay his bills that's a problem right it definitely is it definitely is you know i think men men need to realize that in our world we've been we've been feminized over the last three generations where feminism has been running amok and parents have been raising kids weaker and weaker yeah. and men need to realize that they've grown up in that environment they've grown up indoctrinated with that a man's purpose is to roam the earth and fulfill his purpose, to find his purpose. His A woman is not your purpose. Um, you know, you, whatever you want to do in life. Now, maybe that's family. That's good. You know, you can build a family, uh, whether it's uh, building corporations or, you know, whatever you are. Men have a ton of hobbies that we like to do, and we, we enjoy doing them. Like you and I can go fishing. We don't have to talk the whole time. We can go achieve stuff. We're tribal. And uh, one of the problems that a lot of men have today is they don't get together in tribe up anymore. You know, they can't go to the bar anymore. And uh, so one of the things you you have to learn is you have got to get your money straight. And a lot of times that really means in today's world, owning your own business. Because if you're always working for the man, you're always working for somebody else and making somebody else rich, you're never going to usually be rich. Maybe if you work for, uh, I don't know, Goldman Sachs and they pay you really well, maybe, I don't know. Uh, but other than that, you're just not, you're just not going to make it. So like you say in your uh, number one principle there, uh, you, you have to get your money straight and build your business. And part of that comes into ties into what I said earlier, finding your purpose, because a lot of times what you find your purpose is, is your money maker. And so I saw something years ago from an investment banker who's, uh, someone asked him like, what do you recommend young people do? And he said, Go into a go into a business, learn everything about that business, and become a silo of being really effective at one thing. Maybe it's sales, technology, being a CEO, being a manager, leader. Really excel at that, and get to a point where you are an ultra professional at that certain thing, and then go consult on that, teach, and 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 speak and write books on that sort of stuff, and that can build your career. And so. You, 
you know, you got to find something you love. You know, my nephew, he re- he's always loved cars. He talks about cars. He didn't go to college because he's part of this new generation of boys that have checked out of college. And I said, you know, you've got to go in the car business because you love cars. It's the only thing you love doing. That's going to be your purpose in life, probably doing cars and racing cars and building cars and stuff. So he finally got a job working for a dealership. You know, it's not, it's not, you know, it's not getting rich, but he's building his knowledge base. He's building his experience base so that someday he has a goal to want to own a car dealership. And then he wants to expand and race cars from there. So uh, you got to find your purpose, your love, what you want to do and and uh, then go after it. You know, I, I think what you just said is brilliant. Something that every man really ought to work hard to understand. Um, first and foremost, you know, a man's purpose uh, is whatever he says it is. And even a man who's a family man, and I'm a family man, like my family's important to me and they're definitely uh, a part of my purpose, but they're not my entire purpose, right? Like my purpose in life is I want to help make men more masculine. Mm-hmm. I, I want to make men masculine again, man, to borrow a phrase from President Trump. <laughs> you know, that's what I want to do. That's a purpose for me. Inside the world of entrepreneurship, I want to make people millionaires. I want a billion mm-hmm. freaking millionaires. That's a purpose for me. That's something I'm excited about. You know, if you're not doing that, if you're not picking a purpose for yourself, then why are you here? And a purpose isn't handed on to you by God. God doesn't say, oh, no, no, that's your purpose, Chris. You must do X. No, you pick it on purpose. God gave you free will. And he said, use that free will and pick what you're going to do with it. And that's really, at the end of the day, what a man's purpose is is based on is using his free will to make a choice and he can change his purpose over time. You're not stuck with it for the rest of your life for crying out loud. You know, you can change your purpose anytime you want. Yeah, you can. And you probably will because you'll go through cathartic times in your life where you'll have to change your purpose and you'll have to adopt or adapt to something else. I've done that multiple times in my life. Yeah. A man needs to seek this out. One of the problems with most men nowadays is the raised in third wave feminism. And so they're, Sisters were all told, hey, go do everything. Go achieve everything. You can do anything you want. The world is your oyster. You can have everything, which is a delusion of in and of itself because no one can have everything. And then for the boys, they said, um, just go out and serve her and do whatever she says. Um, and so a lot of these boys grew up lost without alpha fathers, without leaders uh, in their lives. So many times, you know, with the, with the incredible growth of single mothers, that a lot of times they don't have the father in the home. Father's been alienated from them, or sometimes the father was a beta father who was very weak and didn't really inspire them. And so they usually have two objectives in life that they come out of of school with now, or they uh, high school is one, I just want to play video games, or two, a woman is everything to me. You know, I've watched Disney and and I must love her. A woman can never be your purpose. And if you understand women's nature and men's nature. And the fact that women are going to come in and out of your life and you really don't have a choice on it. It's hypergamy. They're constantly monkey branching and, and working on propagating, <laughs> propagating the species. Uh, they're biologically solipsistic. They're concerned about themselves and their kids and uh, whatever. And so you've got to go. You're never going to get unconditional love from anybody in this world except for your mother. Your mother is the only one who will unconditionally love you as a man. 
Everything else comes with conditions. The whole world is going to conditionally like you. And so what you have to do is find what you love that will kind of love you back. Like I love my dogs, my dogs. Uh, that's why they call him a man's best friend. <laughs> so it's the <laughs> one thing in this world that will unconditionally love you back. And um, so, uh, but beyond that, you need to find your passion, what you love. Uh, for me, it was investing in creating businesses. I liked, well, I didn't like some of the businesses I went into. I saw it as an investor. I saw it as a chance to pull companies back from bankruptcy. Uh, I saw it as a chance to, you know, take uh, small amounts of money and turn them into multi-millionaire companies. It was the challenge of it and uh, the climb of, of that mental Everest and also the gamble of it. Uh, but you've got to go find what works for you and you've got to, you know, really seek out uh, what, what motivates you to want to do something and, and what specifically it is. You got to go find it. And then you've got to educate yourself on it. Uh, you know, I, I wrote my book beacons of leadership uh, about my mentor uh, Forrest Baker and a few other mentors that uh, I had to go learn from them. I had to go work for them, take a pay paycheck uh, but they taught me the final lessons that I needed to learn. And I was open to learning them uh, to be an entrepreneur to where I eventually left their companies and went to be an entrepreneur. So you gotta, you gotta find what your passion is and uh, it's not video games. I'm sorry to tell you, um, unless you start a YouTube channel doing video game streaming when you were 11, uh, if you're 18, 19, 20, uh, yeah, that's not work for you. Um, so your passion is you've got to go, you got to go find it and discover it and think about it. And as a man, women shouldn't be your first priority in life. I mean, yeah, I mean, when you're 22, 18, 22, go ahead and play around. But you shouldn't be getting married. You shouldn't be setting down and a family. A man doesn't really grow up till he's about 30, maybe 35. It depends on the man, I suppose. We don't peak at our peak earnings and our peak achievements until we're about 45, 55. About 50 is when we kind of peak. That's when we're men reach our highest value as men. Because we usually in our career, we're making our most money. We're the smartest that we've ever been. And uh, we're still relatively good looking, I guess. I don't know why. But uh, you've got to go find you got to go find your passion. You've got to start building it. Um, you know, the thing you've got to understand as a man is we don't show up pretty. We have to build things. We have to achieve things. We have to do things. We have to go fight demons and, and, you know, go with the tribe and fight the T-Rex and, you know, whatever you want to call it from caveman times. But we can't just show up and be pretty. Women can show up and be pretty. They can just show up and be like, I'm 18. I'm pretty. And 50 trillion guys around the world want to go, uh, yes, ma'am, we'll have that. Um, but not men. No, men got to go prove something. We have to make something. We have to build something. And the sooner you, uh, the sooner you embrace that and go, what is my life purpose, and move to that, then you're much quicker on on the road to your goals. Well, there's a lot of things. I want to unpack what you said. There's a lot of things you said there, which I think are on point. There's a few things which you know I think you and I are going to digress on. So. Um, what I think you're on point on is um, a man has to prove his worth. You, you, you're not born with worth and value as a man. And yeah, uh, women are born with worth and value, especially in their, uh, in their kind of peak uh, attractive years mm -hmm. uh, in the sexual marketplace. You, they don't need to do much. There's no question that that's 100% accurate. They don't need to do much and they will be given worth and value and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. um, 
I think that part of the problem right now is that, uh, you know, marriage and family formation is falling by the wayside. And I think if that happens in the Western world, we're going to lose Western culture. We're going to lose Western civilization. So mm-hmm. I actually think I want, I want to raise a generation of men who are men and they're men the moment they leave the house, which means 17, mm-hmm. 18 years old, they're men. But a man by the name of Stefan Anio wrote a very good book called Hard Times Create Strong Men. Stefan passed away uh, in May of 2020. He was only 33 years old, the same age as uh, Jesus Christ, which is pretty wild. And when he passed, he kind of was looking a little bit like Christ, which he'd never looked like before. He was a professional businessman and then started growing the beard and the long hair and all that, all that stuff. And in that book, he talks about prior to 1960 that there was, there was none of this teenager bullshit, right? You were, you were a kid, you lived at home, and then you left home and you became a man. That was it. Mm-hmm. Same with the woman. You were a kid, you lived at home, and then you left home and you became a woman. You know, and there was none of this, oh, you need to go find yourself crap. You learned it really darn quick. And, you know, there's this brilliant poem, and it's on the back of some of our merch at Sovereign Man, and it goes something like this. Hard times create strong men. Strong men create uh, good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. Now, the man who wrote that poem, his name is Jeff. Michael Hoff. You should have him on your podcast. In fact, I'm going to introduce hmm. you to, he sold sure. several million copies of his books. Wow. So re- really cool dude. And he's a publisher and a best-selling author and really, really cool man. So I'm going to connect you with, with Jeff, but to me, what I want to see happen in the generations going forward is I want to get rid of this whole stupid teenager face crap. And I want to raise our, our, our men and women to, you know, they're in the house that they, they learn from their mom and dad. There's an alpha man at home, teaches them how to be a man and doesn't teach them to go find themselves. Screw that. You're already found. You're there. there there's nothing to find. Okay. Start making some decisions about what kind of life you want to live. And as a man, you start doing that. You go out there, you work. That's what a man's purpose is. Stefan calls it man's purpose is his work. And that's what you've said as well. hundred percent agree with that. I just think that I want to see young men go out there. I want to see them get married relatively young in their twenties. I want to see them get married to the right women. So we got to, we got to teach men how to pick good women. And we got to help women understand what their role is as, as women in this third wave feminism and all this other crap that's completely messed things up for them. has got to be shown and debunked as the BS that it is. And we got to create family formations that work and we got to have a society that works again. Cause if we don't do that, this is in my opinion of what's going to happen in the West birth rates are going to continue to fall They're They've fallen precipitously They're mm-hmm. They're bringing in immigrants from all over the world because there's not enough native born people to take over the jobs. I mean, that's happening in Canada. It's happening in the UK. It's happening in the United States. Imagine if our birth rate falls to the point where, you know, the United States goes from 330 million people to like 200 million people and then down to 100 million. That's what's going to happen if we don't address this, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I you know, I lived in Vegas. I can't remember what year it was, but five or six years ago, it used to be that we would do marriages. We had a you know marriage license uh, company or not company, the county licensing thing would, would cut marriage license 24 seven because people fly to Vegas and get married. You know, it's a big thing in Vegas. Um, and I remember, I think five or six years ago, 
they said, no, we're not doing 24 hours anymore because uh, there's no demand for it. So we're just going to operate normal business hours or extended. And uh, I was like, wow, marriage is really taken. I mean, if people aren't going to Vegas to get married, like that's like the thing. Um, you know, you movie stars in Vegas to get married. That's what we do. That's kind of what we do on top of taking all your money at the casinos, um, which is really what we do. Um, and uh, so uh, and then I just recently uh, read an article last week where they're closing one of the maternity wards up here in Utah. We, and if you're familiar with Utah and it's it loves to it has a religion here that teaches people they should get married in the temple forever at a very young age and have 20 kids. Uh, it's very, this is a marriage heavy state and, uh, and birth state as well. And, uh, one of the big, uh, hospitals just closes maternity wing because there's not enough babies being born. So yeah, we're on track to, if you're familiar with go, what's going on in Japan, what, what, what's going yeah, on in yeah. China, uh, you have a glut of, uh, between the young and the old. And nothing in between, and uh, there's not enough young people to support the old people in their retirement stuff. And uh, we're definitely heading in that direction with what we're doing. Happened in Russia as well. Russia's lost population, um, and you know our our world right now is uh, a world that hasn't uh, pushed family formation. Now you go to certain countries in Eastern Europe, in Latin America, that's not the case, right? Like you go to Poland and Hungary. Uh, people are getting married, people are staying married, people are having more families. And I think that's what we need to see happen in any society that's good. And for for, for young men, the, the problem isn't marriage per se, although the state these days is definitely landing against men and for women in uh, uh, marriages. And when it comes to divorce court and things like that, it's absolutely true. There's no question that that's true. But the problem really is that um, young men aren't showing up masculine the way they were in the past and women aren't showing up feminine they were in the past. A lot mm -hmm. of women have been uh, raised to be entitled and think let's put our, our um, childbearing years uh, off into the future. So mm -hmm. not during my most fertile years, which is my late teens and or early to mid twenties, but let's try it at, 35, 37, 38, body's not ready to have kids anymore at those ages, right? And that, that's a problem for them. And then you find all these women that are coming out uh, because they've gone out there and they become successful in the business world. And they go, okay, now I want marriage and a family. And um, they're thinking, I'm successful. Why aren't guys coming after me? Well, because you know, guys don't value success in females. Women yeah. value success in men. Guys don't value success in females. We, we value beauty. That's how it is. Yeah. I mean, we, we live in a world of we're in the third phase of a horrible line experiment uh, of feminism that no longer is about equality. It's about domination because they can't achieve by their nature um, success. And, and that's because men are based in certain aspects of success and leadership that women are. Uh, we tribe up uh, together. You know, if you and I say, hey, let's go kill that buffalo over there we buddy up and go kill a buffalo you're my best friend you know i'm I'll, I'll stand with you through life and death and hell and we're going to kill that buffalo and maybe one of us gets me and the other one's going to carry the other guy back and stuff 
It's not how women work. Women are solipsistic. And so they're selfish. They're all about themselves. And if you understand why they are from human nature, that they're designed that way in, and they, and they evolve that way. Uh, it makes sense. There's nothing demonizing or bad to say about them by saying that. Um, women are solipsistic to care about themselves. So if their mate went out hunting and got killed by the buffalo in the, in the previous uh, ex, uh, example, she had to uh, be able to not suffer the loss deeply and be able to find another man. Uh, if, uh, you know, that we're out hunting and the marauders come to the our village and decide to, you know, kill everybody and steal all the stuff. She's not going to worry about us. She's going to worry about our children and she's going to take the children and escape or hide or she, the children are her priority, not the man. Uh, in times where uh, marauders come uh, raping and pillaging, they come kill all the men uh, in the, in the, in, you know, the big fight, whatever, you know, uh, a war. And then what they would do is they would rape the women to impregnate them with their children of their seed and then sometimes kill off their old seed, the old men's seed, or sometimes just mix up the families. But what women had to do was they had to realize that unlike men, you know, you or I, if we get into a disagreement in caveman times, if I disagree with you and we argue, I know, we innately know as men that that argument can reach a level of violence and murder or killing each other, Right. But women are very different. They don't kill each other in that way. They don't, number one, don't have the physicality. They have the, they have the, uh, just the mentality. So where women murder and fight and do battle is in social aspects. They, they spread rumors and innuendo and they say things behind your back and they're very covert where men are very overt. Men will say, you know, fuck you to your face. Uh, you know, women will just be like, oh, that's pretty hair you got, you know, and then go off and spread rumors about uh, Betty's a whore. <laughs> Uh, so they, that's how they do their killing uh, through social stuff. So once you understand how all that works, um, you, you understand that women are not your purpose. They're, they're always going to be solipsistic. They're always going to be concerned about themselves. They're always going to be hypergamous and monkey branching. And getting back to, I kind of wandered off there from the feminist point, but one of the problems is, is they've been taught through feminism to act like men. If they act like men, then they'll achieve like men. Well, that's necessarily true. The only problem is, is men aren't attracted to those women. And so what the failure of feminism doing is been trying to force men to feminize and treat men like broken females so that uh, they will learn to accept women. You know, this is why you see Sports Illustrated has fat people on it now and ugly people on it uh, because they're trying to program men that, oh, we can just reteach and reculturate men to not be attractive to hot 23 year olds. Yeah, it's never going to happen. <laughs> and you can't. Yeah, you it's can't. Never gonna happen. And so, it's ridiculous. And so they try and shame us. You know, we're it's bad if we shame them if they're fat because, I mean, our biological imperative wants a healthy woman to raise our children. Um, we know that, and a woman knows that. But, you know, it's, there's a lot of shit going on. You know, I've talked to, we've had people on my show that have written books that are um, kid, what do they call them? Pediatricians, pediatricians, and then child psychologists. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the, they're being indoctrinated in the schools. Um, men have left the teaching industry. So there's a lot of feminists in there. And they're indoctrinating these boys. And they treat boys basically like girls who are broken. And they're just like, well, we just need to fix these broken girls, these boys, and then everything will be fine again. And so, you know, between pronouns and everything else, 
I mean, what they're trying to do is erase manhood. They're trying to erase masculinity. And I've heard mothers say this to me. They go, I've, I've sabotaged my child because I want him to grow up uh, with feminine nature and, and serving femininity and not to be a masculine man because I see masculine as toxicity. There's women on uh, Twitter who said they've gone and had an abortion because they had a boy in their belly. So uh, it's a really weird world that we live in right now. Especially well, when you start know, I, I hear about that shit too, but I don't think that's the majority of women. I mean, my no. experience with women is, you, you know, those are the crazies. Uh, the women that I know, I mean, inside my circle, um, uh, yeah, they, they look after their kids, but they're very loyal uh, to the family as well. The family unit mm-hmm. as a whole, um, even my ex and I, I'm divorced. Um, we get along, we work hard to raise the kids. She's the easiest person in my life to deal with out of everybody. (laughs) You know what I mean? Easier than my kids, easier than my current lady, easier than my mom, easier than everybody. And, um, you know, to me, yes, there is a big, big issue. There are the fourth wave feminists right now that are not even looking for domination, but they're looking for the erasure of men and masculinity. Those fourth wave feminists are nuts. They're crazy. We got to stand against them and what they think. And the whole issue with pronouns is about erasing manhood and and erasing uh, masculinity. And screw that. You got to stand up and fight against that. I got a lot of time for someone who has genuine gender dysphoria before all this crap happened. I knew a couple of people who were in that stage and they made some decisions to transition and all that. Right now it's becoming trendy. That's ridiculous. Most kids don't need to transition. Very few people need to transition. The overwhelming majority of people should not be talking about this in our day-to-day life. It should be receding into the background, except for the people that are genuinely dealing with issues. And that's not most people. And we got to put a stop to this. And these people that want to mutilate children, screw them. Yeah, I mean, it's basically a thing where people are trying to recruit. I mean, they're just trying to recruit more members so they can be a broader thing i i you know if people come on my show i if you have pronouns and you're in the lgbtq community i respect your pronouns but i'm not going to use them because i don't need to I, 90 i don't know i don't know what the figure is but 95 percent of the time when i walk around my world everyone's heterosexual and if you're gay i can pretty much tell you're gay um and so i'll respect that but i you know, you, I know I can tell you're a man and I'm a man. I don't need to go, uh, you need to call me him and, and, uh, his or whatever it is. Yeah, like we don't need yeah. 95% of the world doesn't need to change for 5% of the world. And I'll, I'll respect you if you're in that, but if you're a, she, if you're a real born, she, she what's the other, she, she, her, uh, no, I'm not going to use your pronoun. I will refer to you as, you know, Barbara or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's ridiculous so, that they're trying to force you to, mm-hmm. to, um, to think like they think like, I, I totally respect where a person is at, where they want to be at. Okay. But yeah. you're trying to shove your views down my throat. Screw you. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do well, part that. of it so is still uh, a free country. So still a free society. And we're going to fight for that. You know, I will fight for freedom until my body's cold and in the ground. And even then, my words will fight from freedom from beyond the grave. 
definitely. You know, we've had I've had authors that have been presented to me there on the show that are they're huge feminist authors, and they've written books about how basically what they're trying to do with pronouns. This isn't the LGBT community anyway, which is interesting. It's not them; it's the feminists that are using them to 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 try and destroy masculinity and wipe it from the face of the earth. And so there's actually been books that I've I've read that have been pitched to me uh, that. It's from the feminists, and they've said they've said what we're using is we're using pronouns and making you know seventy eight genders or whatever it is to be able to erase manhood. If if we can't beat the patriarchy by just working hard and being smart, which you know this is all about what this is, they fail at it because they can't achieve and tribe like men. Um, and so this is their agenda. They speak openly about it to take down the patriarchy whatever you know i read like 30 40 years ago when i was reading harvard business review to begin my ceo careers i read a study that found that one of the reasons women don't break through the glass ceiling as much is because men tribe up we buddy up you know i've had friends that i'm riding and die with man if you call me you say you got a body in the living room we're gonna go fucking bury that body and we're probably gonna be in jail together uh, you know, we, we're, we're like, we're like fucking that. Right. Um, you know, it's one of those things where what's, what's that old famous thing with the, who's the movie star? He goes, he goes, we're going to go do something. I can't tell you what I'm going to do, what we're going to do, but we're going to hurt some people. And when, uh, <laughs> you can't ask me what it's about. And when we're done, you can't ask me what it was about. And the guy goes, uh, uh, which car are we taking? Um, you know, that's how men are. We, we tribe up, we bind up and people that rise up through corporations, achieve and succeed, know how to build those tribes. And that's the reason they rise. And what Harvard Business Review found was that women don't, women are catty, they're solipsistic. So they cut each other to death. And I don't know about your ex-girlfriends, but most of my ex-girlfriends, they would come home every day and tell me about Betty, Sarah, and, and all the women in the office who were against them and plotting to destroy them, the grand conspiracy of how evil Sarah is, and she's a fucking bitch, and blah, 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 blah. And, or, or sometimes it would just be their friends. They would come home from being out with their girlfriends, and they would be like, no, oh, or Sarah's, or whatever. And I would say to them after a while, I'd be like, you know, you talk about your friends like I talk about my enemies that I want to murder. Like, I don't talk about my friends this way. You, you talk about your best friends like I talk about my enemies. And that kind of gives you perspective. And finally, I just, after a while, I just go, why don't you just go fucking kill them? I mean, they suck, right? And they're like, oh, no, they don't really suck. And I'm like, I'd kill them because I want to kill most of my enemies. Um, the, uh, but that shows you why they can't succeed and rise up. And so, they're, so they fall into this. Um, and, and one of the things about female nature is they don't take... Uh, they don't take self-accountability. They can't. It, emotionally, it's too hard on them. Men can take self-accountability because we can logically process it and reason it and go, yeah, I fucked up. Okay, I shouldn't do better. So next time my chest move is going to be different. Women can't. It's overwhelming to them emotionally to realize that they failed. And it hurts their social value in their perception of them, which they're valued on perception where men are not. And so, uh, you know, they, they just don't succeed like like we do. They don't have the leadership skills. They don't take the risks. Men will take risks that women won't take. And that's why most successful leaders you see are, are uh, men. And so the problem is these feminists just keep falling back for 30 or 60 years now on this. We can't beat the patriarchy. So they have to keep coming up with all these fucking stupid ways to try and 
destroy men, destroy manhood, destroy masculinity, and then they'll beat the patriarchy. And they just never will. Because unless you take self-accountability for your actions and you're always blaming everybody else, you're never going to be successful well, here's, leaders. Here's the thing. Okay. I want to say a few things and we're going to, we're going to start to wrap up here. But the thing about self-accountability is true. My, my lady is wonderful. She's gorgeous. She's smart. She's, she's a good leader. She's, uh, she's great. But talk about taking self-accountability. I screwed up. Man, when she says she screws up, she, it, it's devastating to her. She's upset. She doesn't want to do it very often. But when she does, oh, that was my mistake. I'm sorry. I'm like, relax. It's okay. No, 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 no. It's really horrible. I'm like, no, it's not. It's fine. It's no problem. And she doesn't do it very often. And there are times where she's made mistakes. And heaven, I'm screwed if I bring it up. No sex for Nikki for a couple of weeks if I bring it up. You know what I'm saying? So there's no question about that, right? But, um, you know, there are a lot of women today that are being raised in leadership and do a good job of leading. My best boss growing up was a woman. I was, um, uh, but she was a feminine woman. She wasn't a, uh, a, a, a feminazi woman. She wasn't a masculinized woman. She treated everybody there like they were her kids. She was a mm-hmm. mom. She treated us all mm-hmm. like her kids. She would tell us what to do. When we screwed up, she said, there, there, that's okay. <laughs> you know, she was amazing. I never have had a boss like her since. And she was one of my first bosses. And I always looked for someone else like her. And the men bosses I had were brutal, man. They just, they, they, they hammered me. They, you know, there were a couple that were good, but most of them were bad. And, and I had other women bosses who were terrible too. Uh, and then mm-hmm. I said, screw this. I got to become my own boss because that's what really works for me. I don't like taking orders from people. But I see that there's a lot of women today that are in leadership and successful inside what we teach. We got a lot of women who are, you know, leadership coaches, executive coaches, consultants. So, you know, I'm not sure that's fully true, what you're saying. Um, well, it's not, nothing I say is a, is a, uh, you know, is, 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 is the ultimate. There are women that hack the system and they become self-accountable and they, and they become leaders. Um, but they struggle to rise to the top of things because they, they usually don't try them up and, and rise together like men do, but no, they're, it's not a, it's not that's a, that's a problem. Uh, that a lot of men. One of the reasons we have sovereign men is because there's a lot of men that aren't doing that anymore. They're not part of something. They don't even have a group of friends that they can do that with. Like tribing up is mm-hmm. true inside some corporations among the alpha men. But among the majority of men today, which are not alpha men anymore, unfortunately, it's not really happening. It's one of the reasons we've created sovereign men. And I can tell you that these days there's more women tribing together. I don't know about tribing up because there is, you know, my lady is a good woman and generally doesn't speak badly about people. But there are a couple of people in her life that she still keeps in her life that she just hates, you know, Um, and maybe hates is a strong word, but. She complains about, let's just leave it at that. She just complains about him from, you know, and she's friends with them. She loves them, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's no question. All that is important to her. All that's true. But yeah, the, the men in my world don't do that. There, there's a dude right now today that I don't like. I'm not speaking to him right now. And he's partners with a man I like. And today, this man that I like came to ask me about something. And then you know, I said, one of the reasons this is happening inside your organization is because of karma. He says, what do you mean? I said, well, it's karma because, you know, this fellow that your partner's with took some of the stuff he and I developed together when we, when we were, you know, uh, 
working on an issue when he brought it to this business with you. And not that I'm going to come sue you and try to get money from you or anything like that. But, you know, he didn't even have the courtesy to come to me and tell me this. I tried to call him out on it and he, and he didn't do it. Ah, screw him. Right. Um, if this man calls me, I'm not going to be all nice to his face. I want to say, yeah, man, you're an asshole. You freaking well took material that we developed, passed it off as your own. And that's bullshit. You shouldn't have done that. You should have come to me like a man and said, hey, I'm getting into business with these guys. Remember this material you and I developed together. I'm planning on using it here. Um, you got an issue with this because if you do, let's talk it out. That would have been the honorable thing to do, but he didn't do that. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and so school. But the point is that I don't have an issue fighting with this man if it comes to that, although I'm not interested in going and picking a fight about this that's in the past. I just brought it up that I, and I said, karma's a bitch. And this man's like, oh, he was like, you mean what exactly? And I said, I don't remember now. And I'm not planning on digging up all the material to walk you through it. But I remember the conversation we had about it way back. And I'm not thrilled that this happened. This man should have spoken to me. This material was ours. Mm -hmm. Ours, him and mine, not his, only his to do whatever the hell he wanted with. And that's that. That's the truth. And my, my, my thinking of women is, I, I, I think there's a lot of women who are good leaders. I mean, in my world, certainly of coaching and consulting, I come across tons of them. The most mm -hmm. successful people in our groups right now are women. They're not the men. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I've had men who've been the most successful in our group in the past, but right now I don't. I don't. Um, and what can I tell you? A lot of the things you're saying are true about how they are inside of their relationships with, uh, with their friends and even with family members, like sisters banging on each other, ma mother and daughter banging on each other. All that stuff happens. I see it. You know, my mom, who's, you know, a, a wonderful woman when she goes into her full, <laughs> you know, not going to use the word, but, you know, it rhymes with rich mode, <laughs> not the greatest person in the world to be around. Uh, there's no question about it, but I, I think it's, for me, it's important to lift up men, but I, I also want to recognize what's great about women. And there's tons of great things about women. I mean, I, I love and adore women and uh, I work with a lot of women inside my main business. I, I, I have a lot of respect for them. I want to work with more women like them. I don't want to work with, you know, women who are uh, just, I don't know, wanting to, wanting to hobby their way into business. That doesn't really appeal to me uh, or, or, or work for me. My concern inside the work that we do, man, is I want to get more men to tribe up. As you said, I think it's very important that men, be part of groups, be part of communities. And there's not enough of that happening right now, man. Not even close. Yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, and like I said, it's not an absolute. Women can learn to operate like men, but they have to operate in their masculine. Um, so, you know, you can be self-accountable. You can learn to be a good leader. Um, and a lot of women that have rise to the top of corporations, they've learned to be, to be in the man tribe to tribe up with men to, to, uh, to, you know, power up with them, club up with them and act like a man and, uh, they rise, uh, you know, I, the other reason a lot of women don't rise to the top of corporations is they lead to go do families, their biological, uh, imperative kicks in. And, um, you know, the women are designed to be with happy, raising families and kids. That's uh, all this nonsense. They've been taught that you need to go, 
slave around in a corporate environment. They don't need to do that. Um, if they want true happiness, you go work your biological imperative. And that's kind of why everyone's so unhappy these days because no one's able to operate their biological imperative. You know, young, young people can't date. Uh, right now, you know, 80% of women find most men unattractive because they're doing, they're chasing, doing Chad and Tyrone chasing on, on dating. Um, the uh, apps show that women are chasing the top uh, 4% of men. Um, literally, they they have the three sixes. <laughs> you know, they're all chasing a guy who's six foot higher. This is all in their data from dating apps and what they put into their search things. So they're only seeing men who are six foot tall, which uh, only 14% of American men are six foot tall. And if you cut half of those and half them are probably married, um, that's only 7%. Yet 100% of the women on dating apps want that man. Uh, it's pretty insane right now. They want a guy who's got six inches and they want a guy who's got six figures. And if you understand the six figures thing, there's only a small percentage, I don't know, 12% of men who can achieve that. And so it's really crazy. And these women are rejecting men wholesale. Uh, and so men can't, you know, make families right now that are in their, in the Gen Z era. Um, and yeah, frankly, it's pretty are, toxic. Are being taught a, uh, um, they're being they're being sold a bill of goods. I, I agree with that. Yeah. But yeah. biology is going to knock them off that pedestal. By the time they're 28, 29, 30, they're going to be a lot less picky. And they're going to be a lot more ready to accept a man. And when a woman's in her mid-30s and a man is in his mid-30s, um, frankly, all the power starts to shift to man in the dating world, uh, not to the women. So I, I uh, you know, like I said... I'm not sure everything you're saying is quite true. I think there's a lot of women that are messed up uh, in terms of how they go out and operate in the world, but there's still a lot of good people out there that are raising their sure. daughters, right? And, I mean, it's not um, absolute. Uh, you know, still a lot of people that are meeting in church and getting married that way, which I think is a good thing. And as far as I'm concerned, I don't have daughters. I have sons. My mm. oldest son is 16 years old. Um, mm. And he's... Uh, he, 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 he's smart. He's tall. He's a specimen. He's one of those dudes, you know, and, and the, um, I talk to him all the time about, look, I know you're dating, but there's going to be a time where, you know, you, you got to start looking at your purpose and there's going to be a time you, you might start looking at uh, a woman to marry. And I know that's not now, which is totally fine, but you know, be careful what you do. Uh, go out with, uh, Go out with women that are um, that are good for you, uh, regardless of how long you're going to stay with them. And uh, he just looks at me and he goes, "Dad, don't worry, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good." That's what he tells me. So God bless his heart. Anyways, there you go, Chris. Good to have you on the show. This has been an Thank interesting you discussion. Um, uh, look forward to continuing another time on it. Sounds okay. good, bro. Catch you on care. the flip side. Thank you for listening to the Sovereign Man Podcast. If you're ready to take charge of your life and become the man you've always wanted to be, we invite you to join the movement at SovereignMan.ca.